Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Bearded Things. I'm one of your bearded hosts. My name is Chris. I'm here with my buddy, Tyler. Tyler, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, uh, surviving, hanging in there, um, working a lot, not eating or drinking a lot, and uh, pissing off D-list celebrities at work today. So that was that was an adventure. Yeah, that that happens. Uh, that sounded fun. Do you want to do a like a general recap without names? Uh, just a local-ish celebrity who thinks that they're hot stuff. I didn't know who they were, and they got upset. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what's funny, too, is, like, when you meet, like, big celebrities, like, huge world-famous celebrities, they're generally pretty cool about things. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't be like, but I'm famous. Rarely. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but not as often as people who are just kind of Famous in a particular area code. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am, I am doing good. I'm trucking along in life and everything. School is still happening. Um, I have nine classes to go. Nice. And uh, it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm mentally exhausted. But nine classes, that's it. I did an entire semester's worth of schooling or entire bachelor's program worth of schooling in one semester nice so my brain is fried very much (laughs) (laughs) but before we go on our tangents uh, i just want to remind everybody um if you haven't done so already and you got a spare 45 seconds if you could just leave us a nice review that would go a million miles for us and we deeply and wholeheartedly would appreciate that yeah, and keep sending those questions. We're getting a lot more questions, so thank you guys. Some of them I've peeked at, and they're a little weird, uh, which is cool. That's great. Send the more, the merrier, the happier we will be. Um, so keep sending them our way, and that episode's very quickly approaching. Yeah, and for those who don't know, we will be doing um, essentially kind of like a live Q and A thing where we interview each other. You get to know us a little bit more, and uh, we're going to ask each other questions you want to know. So, yeah. That's your bad. Whatever it is you ask, we will honestly answer that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, with the, the Facebook group, there was a request if the one of the things got a certain amount of likes that Roland would maybe join us for that Q&A. I think that's going to happen. I talked to his mom again today, and I think we're going to be able to have a little Roland cameo very briefly during that. That's awesome. He's going to steal the show. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. No one cares about us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go too deep into our tangents, uh, what are you covering today? Uh, I am covering Robert the doll. Oh, a nice little creepy Bobby doll. Yeah. And uh, I am covering, I was going to do one thing and then it it just didn't feel right. It wasn't the right time for it. You know, it's funny you say that because I had the same, I I was like two pages into my topic and I just got, it was really kind of dark and depressing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to scrap this for another day. So it's interesting that a little bit of synchronicity there with us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause the exact same thing. I'm like, this is a little dark. It's not, it's not the right time for this. <laughs> so uh, I decided at about one in the morning last night, I'm going to be doing the queen Mary. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And uh, without further ado, I believe you went first last week. Yep. You're up. I, I'm up. <laughs> I just feel all the pressure every time I go first and like, you know, I'm setting the tone and the pacing. Uh, all right. So to be completely honest with you, my dear bearded friends, I was never a believer in the ghost of the queen Mary. 
I think it's in part because it's essentially a giant tourist out here located in uh, the port of Long Beach in California, where they would regularly do ghost hunting tours, scare mazes, and really push the whole most haunted hotel in America. They, they push that a little bit too much for me. It just seemed like a marketing ploy. And that kind of took away from the creep factor for me. That is, until a story from a friend of mine, shout out to Steppy, uh, she sent in a story for our Campfire Tales. That story bothered me. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but it bothered me so much so that I decided to really look into the legends and lore behind the iconic ship. So without further ado, let's get into it. So who is Queen Mary? Well, she's once the title holder of the fastest trip across the Atlantic, and it's also not a she in the person sense, but more like a ship. Because, well, she's a ship. The Queen Mary took her maiden voyage in May of 1936. She was the most luxurious ship on the sea. For three years, the cruise liner hosted the biggest celebrities in the world, from the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, Greta Garbo, Clark Gable, Sir Winston Churchill, and pretty much everyone who was anyone at that time. According to a newspaper, she was, quote, considered by the upper class to be the only civilized way to travel. So pretty much I would not be on this ship. I'd be the dude <laughs> like shoveling coal and singing songs while I caught the black lung. <laughs> but anyway, that is until the year 1939. War broke out. All forms of luxury and leisure travel was put on an immediate hold. The ship was transformed into a troop ship that would become known as, quote, the Grey Ghost. During this time, her capacity was increased from 2410 to 5,500, and by the end of World War II, the ship had carried more than 800,000 troops, traveled more than 600,000 miles, and played a significant role in virtually every major Allied campaign. She also set the record for the most people ever on a floating vessel at 16,683 and participated in the D-Day invasion. Essentially, the ship was turned into a badass lady in gray that came to punch Nazis in the face. To protect the ship, small caliber guns were fitted on the Queen Mary, including anti-aircraft guns on her open decks. But it was the Queen Mary's speed that would be her main protection against possible attack. Remember how in Forrest Gump he would just run everywhere? That's pretty much what the ship did. Whenever the ship was full of soldiers, she would just punch it and outrun everybody on the sea. And here's where we start to get our first formula for a haunting. According to History.com, on October 2nd, 1942, while Queen Mary was steaming at 28 knots, which is about 30 miles per hour, in a zigzag pattern, uh, they would do that to avoid any of the Nazi U-boats, the ship collided with her escort, the HMS Coraco, who was carrying 10,000 U.S. troops from the 29th Infantry. The accident tragically resulted in the smaller escort literally being cut in two and sinking. There were 101 survivors. Lost with the Coracoa were 337 officers and men of her crew. The remaining bodies were recovered from the water. So, if you want sea ghosts, this is a good way to get them. After the war, the Queen Mary worked to return troops to their home harbors and would eventually be restored to the luxury queen that she always was at heart. And in September 1967, she sailed her last transatlantic crossing to Long Beach, California, where she's docked to this very day. So, where did the ghost come from and how is she haunted? 
Well, from all the research I've done, the collision at sea seems to be the only documented major incident on board. But that doesn't mean things didn't happen. Look at theme parks like Disney. People die there or get seriously injured surprisingly often. They sweep that under the rug, drag it to the cast member areas, and mop up the mess with those awesome custodians who draw Disney characters with the water from their mops while whistling spoonful of sugar. So considering the Queen Mary has been a luxury cruise line before things like the safety protocols of OSHA or anything like that, and had multiple pools, open decks, and people shoveling coal below the decks, I think it's fairly safe to say things probably happened. For example, located 50 feet below water level is the Queen Mary's engine room, which is said to be a hotspot of paranormal activity. There is a huge, big, heavy, famous, watertight door that reads Door 13. Door 13 has crushed at least two men to death at different points during the ship's history. For example, during a routine watertight door drill in 1966, it crushed an 18-year-old crew member dressed in blue coveralls and sporting a beard. The young man has often been seen walking the length of the shaft alley before disappearing by door number 13. Two more popular spots for the Queen's otherworldly guests are its first and second class swimming pools. Though neither are filled or even used today, spirits are seemingly not aware of that. In the first class swimming pool, which has been closed for more than three decades, women have often been seen appearing in 1930s style swimsuits and wandering the decks near the pool. Others have reported the sounds of splashing and spied wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms. Some have also reported the spirit of a young girl clutching her teddy bear. In the second class pool room, the spirit of another little girl named Jackie is often seen and heard. Allegedly, the unfortunate girl drowned in the pool during the ship's sailing days and refused to move on. As her voice, as well as the sounds of children's laughter, have been captured there, which is a big nope for me. In the Queen's Salon, which once served as the ship's first class lounge, a beautiful young woman in an elegant white evening gown has often been seen dancing alone in the shadows. Yet more odd occurrences have been made in a number of first-class staterooms. Here we have reports of a tall, dark-haired man appearing in a 1930s-style suit, as well as water running and lights turning on and off in the middle of the night. They've even reported phones ringing early in the morning with no one on the other end of the line, which is just rude. In the third-class children's playroom, a baby's cry has often been heard, which is thought to be the infant boy who died shortly after his birth. Which, again, there's no actual evidence of, but going off the Disney cover-up approach, it is completely possible. Especially in a third-class setting, like in Titanic. I mean, we've all seen it. The third-class people didn't exactly get treated with the best care. Other phenomenon occurring throughout the ship are the sounds of distant knocks, doors slamming, and high-pitched squeals, drastic temperature changes, and the aromas of cigarettes and perfumes which don't belong to anybody. Now, is the Queen Mary actually haunted? I don't know. Like I said, it seemed to be more of a marketing ploy than anything. That is until my friend's story. Essentially, she was an actor for the haunted mazes they do every Halloween. Her section was down below the decks, and as she was getting to her section, a co-worker of hers was passing her. Let's, let's call him Steve. Steve looked completely pale and scared. She asked if he was okay. He said, quote, I saw myself. 
but it wasn't me. I was just standing there, and then my smile changed into something evil. I have to go. I, I just have to go. He quit immediately and never went back. After the shift, she was talking to another coworker who asked if she saw Steve lately. She told him what Steve said, and her friend's demeanor changed. He said, quote, it happened to him too. Now, I've known her for a while now, and she wouldn't make something like this up. And as skeptical as I really try and be, I can't flat out debunk this and truly believe something happened. Something so scary it forced Steve to leave his job on the spot. So I'll leave you with this. With all the legends and lore around the old girl, something seems to be lurking beneath the surface. If you find yourself in Long Beach, the ship may be full of spirits, but... There's always room for one more. That was my Haunted Mansion (laughs) reference. And that, my bearded friends, is the hauntings of the Queen Mary. That's awesome. That's always, I like the, I like that it's not just a prop. Like, you know, it's not just this ship that they'd like have anchored out there, that it has so much history, which also explains why there's probably spirits and stuff floating around the ship. But uh, that was really good. Good job. Yeah. And as far as, you know, my friend's story go, what, what, grabbed me into it was there's a whole legend and lore of doppelgangers and not just like the whole like that dude looks like you like no there's like actual doppelganger yeah yeah. it's an old legend that goes back for centuries and so in theory that could tie into the queen mary i i don't know i honestly i i went there once for a couple of hours 20 years ago so maybe you know it's due for another another road trip yeah i'm down i've never been so we can maybe go hang out yeah let's go do it well i mean once you know everything's you know covid yeah, protocol and open we can do yeah. it yeah so yeah nice all right well let's uh pay some bills so we can go see the queen mary and we're back Woo! <laughs> I had a big yawn there right before I said that. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and now that we're back and full of life and energy, uh, let's time to get into our banter with the Beardsleys. So, Tyler, what is banter with the Beardsleys? Banter was with the Beardsleys. It's easy for me to say. <laughs> is our fun, unscripted, um, good conversation, basically. The listeners, you guys send us in a question or a comment or something you want to know about us. And we just, we, we kind of, we spend a little bit of time. We talk about it. Yeah. And uh, this week, I actually have a question for you. Ooh. All right. Are you 100% convinced that ghosts exist? Ooh. Like 100. Hmm. I, that's difficult to answer because... Like my gut reaction is like, yes, I have seen, I'm like 99.99% positive. I've seen a ghost, multiple ghosts on like different occasions. Not at the same time. They weren't having like, a party. <laughs> it wasn't the haunted mansion um, in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, like, the portrait followed me, man. <laughs> um, so I, I'm inclined to say yes with the caveat that I can also logically explain away like, oh, maybe I was tired. I was just having it, you know, like hallucinating or seeing something. Um, The mind plays a lot of tricks on us a lot. There's a lot of things that kind of go into that where we can kind of project things out 
in the universe that we're looking at and to kind of make us see something. Um, and I tend to be pretty scientifically like minded with stuff like that. But when it comes to this, I think I've had so many experiences with seeing things or having things happen that I'm pretty convinced. I mean, I, I can't, I, I guess I can't say 100% like categorically, like, yes, like put it in a book. It's, you know, I have scientific proof of like the paranormal, but um, I'm pretty thoroughly convinced that I, that they are real, that I, that things are out there, that there is something beyond the physical realm that exists in our area that sometimes we can come in contact with weirdo <laughs> i was like without sounding like peter bankman too much from ghostbusters <laughs> uh, i'm kind of I, i'm with you on that um i think uh, so i think a, the phenomenon of a ghost right i think there are things that can explain it right like it, electromagnetic fields in a house right mm. you know electrical leakage coming from an outlet things like that can make you hallucinate things make you uh, believe you're seeing something that's not or feeling something that's not actually there uh -huh. you have uneven floors you have um you know things like pipes banging in the the crawl spaces and, and walls yeah. houses settling. yeah th there's lots of logical explanations for things um reflections a car driving mm. a mile away that hits something just right you know so things like that can all explain away things but i do believe that in that 1% of the time, I do think something happens. Um, and I think Newton actually proved that, right? Because what, what was the, the theory? Um, energy is never lost. It's simply transferred. It moves around, yeah. So you're, the human body runs on electricity. It's like a biomech suit, right? Like mm. there's a small voltage of electricity running through our bodies. And when we pass away, according to Newton, that gets transferred somewhere why can't that energy be transferred into the environment that we're in mm. so i think scientifically speaking i don't think we can rule it out altogether we might not be able to prove you know the existence of heaven and hell or whatever it is that you believe in happens after we die but just looking at the transference of energy we'd never really go away so i think in that sense something it happened something's real so i would say yeah i think i do think ghosts are real and i would say i'm 100 percent just because of science i'm 100 percent 100 convinced that uh that ghosts are real they have to be real because <laughs> uh yeah if they're not real i'm crazy <laughs> i'm not crazy you're crazy but uh yeah i mean I, I grew up in you know around the corner from you and in that house i mean cupboard doors would slam shut and open on their own all the time mm. i remember mm -hmm. one night hearing all of the cabinets rattling in the kitchen and like i had roommates there <laughs> so i wasn't the only one to witness this you know yeah. like things like that and uh yeah so because of that i am con it's kind of like the ufo phenomenon right like a lot of it is our our mind trying to process something that we just don't understand because we're not we we can only inspect you know a ufo from a distance exactly yeah but i mean it could be a plane it could be explained away but then there's that one that you can't and uh i think that's where i'm, I'm at with uh with ghosts same probability 
And I do think that there's a lot of people that take advantage of the paranormal stuff that, you know, like that may or may not be out there. There's, you know, you can turn on any channel nowadays, seems like, and there's some kind of ghost hunter or, you know, ghost story where they're running around taking their shirt off and screaming at demons. <laughs> not going to mention one by name, but I think you all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like, so there's people that take advantage of it. And I think because of that, when there are people that are like, oh, I, I like, it, again, my own, you know, being completely transparent, not saying, not wanting to come out and say 100%, despite the experience that I've had, because there is still in that back of your head, and you're just like, you know, if I do like, oh yeah, I believe it's 100% for sure. There's going to be someone that's like, you're full of crap. Like you're, you're crazy because of these people that are so, are so extravagant and so dra dramatized these experiences to people that it does lend a little bit of like no that, that that can't happen like you're crazy like that there's no way yeah well now that banter with the beardsleys is done and uh, if you have a question or if that inspired a question for you we'll give you uh our, our links and addresses where you can send that and you can ask us questions like that as well yeah. so now that that's done i believe sir you are up yes i am uh already so as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I'm covering Robert the Doll, which is allegedly and arguably the world's most haunted doll. And so before I get into it, here it is again, our obligatory PSA that this information has not, we just talked about, been scientifically proven. And most of this information is alleged. So please, please take a big hit of our organic free range bearded pink Himalayan sea salt and get ready for this story. So, and like most creepy things that take place in this world, we're going to travel back to the past because nothing really scary happens in modern day anymore, right? Well, nothing is scary except for the rise of fascism, continued spread of racism, social injustice, police brutality, and the general slow disruption of our planet. But nothing haunted has happened recently, right? Anyway, <laughs> to get the full picture of Robert the Doll, we're going to travel back to the turn of the 20th century and go to 1904 and visit Key West, Florida. In 1904, there lived a boy named Robert Eugene Otto. And like most children, he loved to entertain himself by playing with toys and running around the house like a little kid. And naturally, Robert, who went by his shortened middle name of Gene, was super excited when his grand grandfather returned from a trip to Germany with a life-size doll. This was life-size for Gene because the doll was only about 40 inches tall. Interestingly, the doll was manufactured by the Steiff Company, which if you know that name, you know that they invented the teddy bear inspired by Theodore Roosevelt. The doll was not nearly as popular as the bear that they, they came out. And according to most accounts, it was really a kind of a one-of-a-kind model that was meant to be for showroom displays of businesses, like window displays to put their clothes on. And I also want to point out that depending on where you read in different stories, and you know, Robert the doll is pretty popular, that there's a lot of different places where it says Gene got the gift from his grandfather or from a maid. Most accounts that I found when I was doing my research said that it was the grandpa. But if you've heard the maid, I'm not discounting your story. It could also be that as well. Regardless of how Gene came into possession of the doll, he seemed to love it instantly. And Gene named the doll Robert after himself and even gave him some clothes to wear. He picked out an old sailor's uniform he used to wear and placed it on Robert the doll. The two became best friends, according to Gene. And like most relationships, Gene and Robert had some growing pains. The first instance of something strange happening was when Gene was about 10 years old. Allegedly, Gene woke up early one morning and noticed that Robert was sitting on the foot of his bed, quote, staring at him. 
We don't know what happened shortly after the staring happened, but Jean's mother is rumored to have woken up from the sound of Jean screaming and hearing the sound of furniture being thrown around his room. When she ran to Jean's room, she found the door locked and she was eventually able to pop the door open. And when she got inside the room, she found it was completely destroyed with furniture turned over and broken stuff everywhere. Sitting on his bed, curled up was Jean, who looked terrified and just kept saying, Robert did it. At other times, Jean's parents and servants of the household reported to hear Jean upstairs talking to Robert and having a very distinct and different voice replying to Jean. When asked about the voice he gave Robert, Jean would simply say, it wasn't him, it was actually Robert. Along with the voices, Jean's parents would hear disembodied giggling coming from the house, which is just terrifying in any circumstance, even though Jean was right next to them. People passing by the house would mention that it looked like the doll was moving around the house when there was no one around. To add to the problems, things started going from kind of playful sounds and noises to outright destruction. Jean's parents started to notice that a lot of the other toys he used to play with started to get destroyed and mutilated in strange ways. When his parents would ask what happened to the toys, Jean would simply reply, Robert did it. After the toys came furniture around the house and some sheets, some curtains and other household objects began to get destroyed and ripped. And again, Jean kept blaming everything on Robert. So like any rational set of parents, Jean's parents decided that if Robert was doing all this, then he needs a timeout. So they relegated Robert to the attic where he would stay for years. Being banished to the attic, however, didn't stop Robert. Allegedly, one of Jean's aunts, who was staying with the family and was instrumental in getting Robert to be put in the attic, the day they put Robert in the attic, she died of a heart attack. The parents and staff also claimed to hear footsteps and running back and forth from the attic. Other times, early in the morning, they would claim to hear footsteps, but almost like someone or something was pacing back and forth in the attic. Probably the strangest account of all is from local school children who said that they would walk to school, they would see Robert sitting in a rocking chair in Gene's old bedroom, and as Gene got older, he was out of school, he knew Robert was locked in the, in the attic, but when he went to investigate, he found Robert sitting in a rocking chair in the bedroom. This happened several times with Gene finding Robert in the attic and ended each time with Gene leaving him in the attic and locking the door. Robert would stay in the attic until the day Gene inherited the house after both his parents had passed away. Almost immediately after having the house to himself, Gene removed Robert from the attic and moved him into his old bedroom upstairs. According to local legends and rumors, Gene became an artist and would do all of his work in the room with Robert watching over him. Eventually, however, Jean would find love and get married to a woman named Annette Parker, who went by Anne. They were married in Paris, France in 1930, and after getting married, moved in together to Jean's family home in Florida. According to most accounts, Anne hated Robert and felt that there was a, quote, unnatural obsession with the doll on Jean's behalf. She had the doll sent to the attic again, but like before, reports surfaced of Robert coming out of the attic and sitting in the rocking chair. Eventually, Anne and Jean agreed to keep Robert out of the attic, but he was confined to Jean's childhood bedroom. Even in the room, however, the stories continued. People passing by the house were said to see Robert in the window, and then he would disappear for a moment before reappearing before their very eyes. There were even reports that Robert, Robert would mock school children as they walked to school, although if you ask me, I have no idea how a doll is supposed to mock a person, but whatever. Eventually, the townspeople did their best to just avoid the house completely and wouldn't even walk past it because they didn't want to come into contact with Robert. In 1974, Gene died of natural causes and was followed by his wife, Anne, two years later. 
there's a lot of reports on the internet because everything on the internet is true except for this they say that Anne died of insanity soon after banishing robert to the attic but that's definitely not the case i looked it up and she died two years after Jean of natural and normal causes due to Jean's art and Anne being a pretty accomplished musician the house was very well kept but having no children it eventually went up for sale soon after it was up for sale the house was bought by a woman named Myrtle ruder who called, who called this house the artist house in honor of the previous residence. Ruder had a 10-year-old daughter who initially was very excited to find Robert and began to keep her in her room. Soon after moving him to her room, however, she began to cry at night and call for her parents, claiming that Robert was getting up and moving around the room. Not only was he moving, but she claimed that Robert was alive and that he wanted to hurt her. Myrtle decided it was best to move Robert back to the attic, but soon after she was moving him, she began to have the same situations and hearing Robert in the attic, the footsteps, the giggling, everything was coming back. She was able to corroborate the story that the locals and Jean had passed on. Even more interesting is a plumber who was working on the pipes in the attic claimed he heard giggling when he was facing the wall and turned and saw Robert had moved a few steps closer to him. As news spread of the continued activity, a reporter was sent to, the, to do a piece on the house about Robert the doll. Malcolm Ross visited the house and attic and said of his first meeting with Robert, quote, it was like a metal bar running down my back. At first, when we walked through the door, the look on his face was like a little boy being punished. It was as if he was asking himself, who are these people in my room and what are they going to do to me? He also said that when he was talking with his friends and others in the house, that it seemed like the doll was following the conversation and that his facial expressions were changing based on the content. He claims that when they began to talk about Gene and how he was very eccentric and overly attached to Robert, Robert's face turned to anger. And Ross would later say, quote, there was some kind of intelligence there. The doll was listening. In 1994, shortly before she passed, Myrtle donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum. The museum has a wide range of exhibits, including the Ghosts of East Martello, which gladly accepted Robert as its main attraction. Staff at the museum claimed that they, they immediately felt a shift in the energy at the museum, and, they even, and that even before he went on display, visitors inexplicably began to show up knowing that there was something new. He was eventually put on display, and almost immediately weird things began to happen. Most notably was that visitors who attempted to take video or photos of Robert mysteriously had their equipment malfunction. Staff members also began to have strange encounters near Robert. They would claim to see his facial expressions change based on the conversations they were having, and also heard disembodied giggling coming from somewhere in the room. Eventually, Robert was put behind glass, and staff claimed that they would come into the room and sometimes would see him with his hands on the glass. Visitors who were less than believing and have made fun of Robert or dismissed him as nothing more than dull seemed to have things go wrong in their lives. Some have experienced violent car accidents or gotten divorced when everything in life seemed fine. Staff at the museum claimed that they soon had a big problem to deal with. Those visitors who had dissed Robert began sending letters to the museum addressed to Robert begging for his forgiveness. The museum, museum curator and Robert's official caretaker is a woman named Cori Convertito, and she claims that Robert gets a few letters every day. She also adds that when the letters aren't begging for forgiveness, they're often asking for advice or openly asking for Robert to curse an enemy of theirs. As Robert's fame grew, so did the visitors. Several ghost hunting shows have been visited, including, you know, the dude bro himself. <laughs> With the fame has come even more legends of Robert. On one of the shows, it was claimed that Robert had a sweet tooth, so the museum was flooded with candy and sweets, both by mail and by people leaving them as offering in front of his glass. 
I'm sure this made Robert happy, but the staff claim is pretty hard to clean. There's candy everywhere. And Convertito has a little bit stronger language. She says, it's completely inappropriate. We are still a museum after all. <laughs> there have been some movies made about the story and the museum is trying to capitalize on the success of movies by starting social media accounts and websites all over the internet. With new technology comes new forms of interaction and Convertito says she's constantly answering emails addressed to Robert. She tries to answer them on behalf of Robert and gives advice to the many children who actually write in. When asked whether or not Robert is haunted, she replies, quote, I don't know. I really don't. I've never had a bad experience with him. I've never felt uncomfortable. It's always been a very basic relationship, and he knows I have a job to do, and I go and I do it. And whether that's something to go, something to it or not, he just always allows me to do my job. As for me, this is funny that we had our conversation about believing in ghosts or not, because this is my personal thought too. I, I kind of believe what they're saying about Robert here. Um, I've shared on the podcast in earlier episodes, my grandparents had a house that had a lot of creepy dolls. It was very uncomfortable and how it felt like they were following you around the room and strange things would happen around them. So this doll kind of resonates with me. And I know there's a lot of stories, uh, depending on what websites you go to, where they talk about there's a lot of voodoo involved and the maid who may or may not have given the doll to Robert cursed the family. And that's why Robert came to life. It's a curse on the family. But after the family died, there's no heirs. Why would the things continue to happen? And I also don't think that's how voodoo works, but hey, what do I know? Um, if you guys want us to visit the museum and you know we can go see Robert, let us know. We'll take a trip down to Florida. We'll check it out. And uh, yeah, so that, my bearded friends, is the story of Robert the Haunted Doll. I love that he has like a fan club that sends him treats. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> he's got yeah, yeah like have some candy, Robert. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones like Annabelle, where exactly yeah. Uh, movie aside, like the actual story of Annabelle, it's a Raggedy Ann doll, and yeah, weird things happen around it, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a little weird off the cuff factoid that kind of adds to this is like the dolls were. A, the origin of dolls weren't toys. They were uh, like, they were essentially things to hold the spirits of your loved ones who died. Yeah. They were like a husk to the spirit to go into. Yeah. So if you, you put all that together, I mean, maybe prob. I mean, something's obviously happening. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, if you want us to go, we will do it. You just let us know. And, yeah. and uh, I'm down to take a trip to Florida. Yeah. They got gators and our, our bearded friend, Chris is out there. So what up, Chris? We're, exactly, we're going to yeah. be crashing on your couch soon. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to come visit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, man. Awesome job today. Thank you. If somebody wanted to write to us and give us a topic for banter with the Beardsleys or even a topic for a story, and maybe just as a, a question they want to hear us ask each other, where and how can they do that? So they can do that on any of our social media accounts. Our Instagram is, at bearded things pod our facebook is facebook.com slash bearded friends or bearded things excuse me we have a bearded friends facebook group so please come join us on there uh we also have a youtube which is at bearded things pod and a twitter which is at bearded things we have a website which is www.beardedthings.com on there is a contact us form you can fill it out it comes straight to us or you could do you know email us you can email us at contact us at beardedthings.com. We love to talk to you. We love to have the interactions. And please, please don't be shy. Send us anything and everything you have. We would love to hear. From yeah, you. absolutely. And that should do it for us this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.